There's a spring in the mountain and it flows down to the town. From NPR Music and West Virginia Public Broadcasting, with support provided by Bailey and Glasser and by the West Virginia Tourism Office, welcome to the Mountain Stage with our special guest host, Bill Lepp. There's a song. But the rhythm and the melody won't leave me alone Around the world it's just a simple song This world is turning round a simple song Thank you. Thank you so much, and welcome to Mountain Stage Live Performance Radio from the Mountain State of West Virginia. Tonight, we're live on the campus of Davis and Elkins College in Elkins, West Virginia, as part of the Augusta Heritage Festival. I'm Bill Lepp. I'm standing in for Larry Gross. I've been an audience member for Mountain Stage. I've been a performer on Mountain Stage, and tonight, I get the honor of hosting the show. I'm glad that you've joined us, and I thank you so much for tuning in if you're on the radio. You're going to be glad that you did. In our next hour, we're going to hear from one of West Virginia's most famous and beloved daughters, Kathy Matea. She has a new record out soon called Pretty Bird, and we'll hear some of the songs from that later on. We'll also hear from an award-winning bluegrass duo and their band, Darren and Brooke Aldridge. And, and later this hour, we'll hear from honky-tonk hidden treasure from right here in West Virginia, Blue Yonder. But we're going to start tonight's show with Mr. Joe Newberry. Uh, Joe's newest album is called Two Hands. He's known all around the world for his claw hammer banjo playing, but is also a powerful guitarist, a singer, and a songwriter. The Gibson Brothers' version of his song, Singing As We Rise, featuring guest vocalist Ricky Skaggs, won the 2012 IBMA Gospel Record Performance Award. And with Eric Gibson, he shared the 2013 IBMA Song of the Year Award for They Called It Music. Asked about his proudest moment as a musician, Joe says, I've been lucky to win awards for my songs, and I've played on some really nice stages over the years, but probably my proudest moments come when folks write to tell me that they play my songs at bedsides and at funerals. This is the highest honor. So please, <laughs> please welcome Joe Newberry on his first appearance on Mountain Stage. <laughs> Good evening, how is everybody doing? How are you here? I'm gonna sing and play the best I can. I'll sing a number from West Virginia.
it's lonesome here Lonesome all the time It's lonesome down here On the Cherry River There's a girl on yonder mountain Beneath the spreading pine I told her that I loved her She'd be mine. It's lonesome here, lonesome all the time. Lonesome down here on the chair. Thank you. Thank you. You're so kind. Thank you. I spent the majority of my life going to visit old people, and now I am one. <laughs> and my good friend, the late Craig Johnson, went to visit an older man in Galax, Virginia. And Craig was, was visiting, and he said, I see that fiddle on your wall. Do you still play? And the man held up his left hand. There were no fingers on his left hand. He said, I don't play anymore. He said, buddy, go home and write me a sad song. And so Craig did. And we'll send this up to Craig, long his stream of time. It's called Piney Mountains. Sit down, buddy, and we'll drink and smoke. Woman, don't you weep for me. My hands can't fiddle and my heart's been broke. 
you damned old piney mountain. I lost my fingers in the Galax mill. Buddy sing a sad old song. And my heart got broke in the Upine Hills. Lord, and my time ain't long. I started out logging when I was in my prime. Woman, don't you weep for me. Hitching up spruce to the big drag line. You damned old piney mountain. When the skitter starts to buck and the gears come down. Buddy sing a sad old song. It makes God's own thunder on the new cut ground. Lord, and my time ain't long. We were fighting over nothing and drinking too hard. Woman, don't you weep for me. Riding up to camp on a flat wheel car. You damned old piney mountain. I was 30 years hanging on the old chain brick. Buddy sing a sad old song. I got laid off and paid off in 58. Lord, and my time ain't long. The skitters got sold to the scrap iron yard. Woman, don't you weep for me. So I moved down in Virginia when the times got hard. You damned old piney mountain. I lost my fingers to a steel band saw. Buddy sing a sad old song. Now my fiddle just hangs untuned on the wall. Lord, and my time ain't long. It's all grown up on the logging road. Woman, don't you weep for me and the wildflowers bloom where the big shades blowed. You damned old piney mountain. There's nothing left for me but to drink and smoke. Buddy sing a sad old song. My hands can't fiddle and my heart's been broke. Lord, and my time ain't long. Bill, in his very kind introduction, mentioned singing as we rise. I wrote it for all of my dear relatives up in heaven. And he mentioned the fact that, you know, I like winning awards. Who doesn't? But the coolest thing ever happened to me, I, was, I got an email out of the blue from the pastor of what was my home church in Malden, Missouri. He didn't know that I went to that church. I left when I was 14 and moved. He just heard a song on the Gibson Brothers album, and then the email was like, T -t 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 Dear Mr. Newberry, I'm the preacher in a little church in a little town of Missouri you've never heard of. <laughs> and I would like to do your song, Singing As We Rise, in my church. And I wrote him right back, and I said, Well, Pastor, if you look on that third pew on the left, that's where everybody in this song sat. 
So we'll sing it for you. It's a true song, every word. Upon the mountain, mother is singing, laughing and shouting, her sweet voice is ringing. Pay no mind, dark and stormy skies. My mother is singing, singing as we ride. He's never shirking. Pay no mind to dark and stormy skies. My father is working, working as we rise. Working as we rise. Working as we rise. Head to the pinnacle. Working as we rise. Tell you one of the uh, one of the great things about playing this kind of music is the friends that you make and you become fast friends and new friends become old friends and I'd like to invite my old friend Darren Aldridge to come out here and pick one with me. There he is. How you doing, brother? I got together with my friend Tim Stafford and we wrote a song about guitars and how we love them, oh how we love them. And how when you take somebody who has an old guitar, the first thing you do is you pick it up and you smell it through the sound hole. And then you notice that it takes on the characteristics of 
of the person playing it. And so this is called The Marks. I sat there a while, didn't want to go in. I finally opened the door of my car. I went in the church there on a stand, my grandfather's old guitar. The smell of the wood filled the room like so many times before. It was like he was saying, I'm not really gone, but boy, I can't play this box anymore. That guitar smelled like whiskey and tears, dust from dances, cigarette ashes, old spice and gin with herringbone trim. Mostly it smelled like him. I took it home, I held it up to the light I saw things I'd never noticed before I turned it over, I saw the marks Of every belt that he ever wore The neck with its divots like valleys and hills Old frets worn from play Finish was cracked, rain saw daylight close as the last judgment day. The outside looked like cradle to grave, dust from dances, cigarette ashes, a top paper thin with spidery skin, so mostly it looked like him. a song that won't end Mostly I sound like him I try my best to sound like him Oh, that's Darren Aldridge. You'll hear him a little bit later in the show. 
when I was a young man. Lord, I wanted to play fast. And then I thought, well, I could put a little space in the notes. And then I discovered Hobart Smith from Virginia. This is a tuning called Last Chance. I'm going to play it like it's my last chance. Thank you to all the good folks at Mountain Stage for having me in. And thank you for coming and supporting live music. Mr. Joe Newberry, again, his latest album. His latest album is Two Hands, and as my wife said to me backstage, she said, that's the mark of a great entertainer when they can sing a super sad song and make everybody glad they heard it. So uh, I want to remind you that October Old Time Week, Joe has been a, an instructor with the Augusta Heritage Festival on a number of occasions and uh, I want to remind you that the October Old Time Week is October 21st through 26th at the Augusta Heritage Center. It's time to welcome our singer, Julie Adams, to do a song for us. As always, she'll be joined by the Mountain Stage Band, Ron Soule, the leader of the band on acoustic guitar, Ryan Kennedy and Michael Lipton are our electric guitarists, Bob Thompson on the piano, Steve Hill plays the bass, and Ahmed Solomon is our drummer. Julie has chosen a song for us written by Emmalou Harris and Kimmy Rhodes called Love and Happiness, and she'll be joined by a special guest singing harmony with her, Miss Kathy Matea. Julie Adams and the Mountain Stage Band. Here's a wishing well Here's a penny for Any thought it is That makes you smile 
diamond tree Everything that brings Love and happiness To your life Here's a rabbit's foot Take it when you go So you'll always know You're safe from harm Wear your ruby shoes When you're far away So you'll always stay Because your aim is true And if I could only have one wish Darling, then it would be this Love and happiness for you
Julie Adams and the Mountain Stage Band performing Love and Happiness by Amy Lou Harris and Kimmy Rhodes, joined, of course, by Kathy Mateo. This is Bill Lepp standing in for Larry Gross, and you're listening to Mountain Stage, live performance radio from the Mountain State of West Virginia. Major funding for Mountain Stage is provided by Bailey and Glasser LLP, a nationwide law firm born in West Virginia with offices in Charleston, Morgantown, Wheeling, St. Louis, D.C., Boston, Alabama, Florida, and Delaware. Details at baileyglasser.com. And by the West Virginia Tourism Office. There are places you visit and places you behold. You'll find natural wonders and endless experiences in the mountain state, West Virginia, a place that's almost heaven. More information at wvtourism.com. Additional support is provided by HIP Historic Charleston, West Virginia. You'll find live music seven nights a week in West Virginia's capital city. It's music from the HIP. Your adventure starts online at charlestonwv.com. You're listening to Mountain Stage on NPR. We'd love to hear your experiences listening to Mountain Stage, or if you go out to see a band that you've heard on our show. And of course, your suggestions are always welcome. If you'd like to write to us here at Mountain Stage, you can email Larry at mountainstage.org. And of course, we always see your comments on social media. Remember, if you missed part of Mountain Stage or you want to hear something again, visit the podcast section of mountainstage.org. Each podcast includes songs we don't have time for on the radio and our complete finale song. Take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the show at Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. Our special guest host for tonight's show has a new album of laugh-a-minute stories called Raised on Hosewater, and later we're going to hear a tale from his latest book, The Princess and the Pickup. He's our champion liar. Let's welcome back Mr. Bill Lepp. Our next guests for this evening are a group who have been on the mountain stage before. They're called Blue Yonder. I've known some of these people for quite some time, and they're, uh, they're hard to pin down. Larry Gross has described them as a mix of virtuoso musicianship and original songwriting that plays as well in a hipster coffee house as it does in a small-town concert hall. 
And Midwest Records said of the trio, unless somebody shows up real quick, this bunch is going to be crowned the new standard bearers of organic music. Folk, country, Americana, honky-tonk. There's no corner that you can look at that this group doesn't do it right and righteously. And I have to admit that when I was putting this bio together, I was thinking of them as a trio and not as a quintet. But I like this part, so I'm going to go with it anyway. We can all list the great power trios of rock and roll. But Blue Yonder spans so many genres of American music that this trio can best be described as the nirvana of honky-tonk, the cream of country, the rush of rockabilly, the beastie boys of bluegrass. Ladies and gentlemen, Blue Yonder. Been to the east, standing by the side of the road. All of my memories come back to me, standing by the side of the road. I'm unshaved, I'm unsaved, I'm blind, deaf, and dumb, standing by the side of the road. Take off my backpack, stick out my thumb, standing by the side of the road. Standing by the side of the road This might take all day I don't really mind Standing by the side of the road There's wind in my hair Sun in my eyes Standing by the side of the road There's a rock in my shoe Song on my mind Standing by the side of the road Thank 
you. Thank you so much.
Again, great to be back in Elkins. I'm a graduate of Davis and Elkins College. I am. I graduated here in 1996. I'm a senator. That's what we call them. It's great to be here. I was here last uh, week before last, teaching at Augusta. At, I taught songwriting and the history of country music at Classic Country Music Week. Were any of you here for that? A number of you. Great. Great to be back again. Let me introduce the band real quick. Over here on the bass, Will Carter. Back there playing the drums, Tom Kirk. Member of the Steel Guitar Hall of Fame and the West Virginia Music Hall of Fame, Russ Hicks on the pedal steel. And two-time, not just once, but two-time national slap-picking guitar champion, Robert Schaefer. Oh yeah, my name is John Lilly. Thank you. Had the pleasure of writing all these songs. This is one called Lost in Yesterday. Thank you. 
John up here to teach classes on deep country. He knows his way around those songs. We're on our way to Nova Scotia. This is the first leg of our trip. We're going, we're going to Nova Scotia. You're coming with us. <laughs> it's the 28th annual Hank Snow Tribute, and we're the featured, the headline act for that festival, so it'll be fun. They say there's 1,500 people are going to be there, and all of them are over 80. <laughs> and their parents. <laughs> We've got a new album out called Rough and Ready Heart. Have a few for sale in the lobby. Not enough for everyone, so you better get there first. One called Rough and Ready Heart. Moonlight on the meadow 
way you look at me I got a rough and ready heart Won't give up, won't fall apart Face the night unafraid Live to love another day Got a rough and ready heart Face the night unafraid Live to love another day Got a rough and ready heart Thank you. I can't tell you what a pleasure it is to be in a band with these guys. They're nice fellas, and they like original music, and I keep bringing them new songs, and they keep playing them, so I'm happy about that. I write songs inspired by all kinds of strange things. I was sitting at a red light in North Carolina about two years ago. The light changed to green, so I wrote a song about it. <laughs> I did. It's called The Green Light. Green light, baby, roll on down the road. 
so much. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Blue Yonder. Their new album is Rough and Ready Heart. I think they are walking out the door and headed on their way to Canada this very evening, so the people in Canada are going to have a good time. I'm Bill Lepp, and you're listening to Mountain Stage. We hope you'll take a look at our website, mountainstage.org. There you'll find links to our podcast, and you can follow us on just about every form of social media. And, of course, we invite you to follow us to our next live show. You can find out where we'll be and when and get your tickets to be a part of our audience here on Mountain Stage. All this and more online at mountainstage.org. Well, we couldn't have Bill Lepp here to host our show without asking him to give us a story. After all, he is a nationally known storyteller. He's a five-time winner of the West Virginia Liars Contest. And earlier this year, at the annual Vandalia Gathering in Charleston, West Virginia, he received the 2018 Vandalia Award from the West Virginia Division of Culture and History. His latest book is called The Princess and the Pickup. Let's welcome Bill Lepp. Listen up, y'all. Once, there was a prince and he lived on a farm in a mountain range. He lived on a farm on a grange. And he wasn't just any prince, he was a mountain prince. And he wanted to get married. But he didn't want to marry just anybody, he wanted to marry a real mountain princess. So he said to his mama, because there weren't any mountain princesses in the general vicinity. So he said to his mama, he still lived with his mama. <laughs> which might explain some things. But anyway, he said to his mama, he said, mama, I want to marry me a real mountain princess, but there ain't any around, so I'm going to go out and I'm going to travel through all the mountain ranges of the world, see if I can't find me a real mountain princess. So he set out and he hiked through the Himalayas and he ascended the Alps and the Appalachians and he cruised through the Caucasus, he roamed through the Rockies, he went to the Sierras looking for ladies in tiaras. <laughs> he went to Glass Mountain looking for ladies with one shoe. <laughs> but he couldn't find any real princesses. Well, now, he met a lot of ladies that said they were princesses, but he wasn't sure that they were real princesses, that they were probably frauds, because let's face it, you know, princess costumes just aren't that expensive. So he went home, and he was depressed, and he said to his mama, he said, Mama, I, I couldn't find no real mountain princess. He said, I did meet some frauds. He said, now, I kissed some of those frauds, to see if they would turn into princesses. And his mama said, don't kiss frauds. And that night, a terrible storm blew up. There was wind and rain and snow and hail and lightning and, and a hurricane and, and a tsunami and whatnot. And in the midst of all of that, there was a knock at the door. And the prince went to open the door. And because this is a story, when he opened the door, there on the front porch stood three beautiful, prim, prime princesses. And he was so excited until they said, trick or treat. 
But the next morning, he's out in his field doing some work when he saw a woman walking down the road. She, she was wearing a calico dress. She had hiking boots on. Her hair was in a mess. And she walked up and she said, Howdy, I'm a real mountain princess. Well, he wasn't sure if she was a real mountain princess because he wasn't sure if real princesses walked around in hiking boots with calico dresses and their hair in a mess. Now, she did have a sash that said mountain princess. <laughs> but who knows, right? So he took her home. And he introduced her to his mama. And he said, Mama, this here lady says she's a real mountain princess. Well, the mama wasn't so sure either. And so she said to the son, and this is where, if you haven't already, you'll figure out what this story is based on. She said to her son, she said, I don't know if she's a real mountain princess or not. We're going to have to test her. He, she said, here's what I want you to do. She said, I want you to take 12 mattresses. And I want you to go out and I want you to pile them up on the back of your pickup truck. And when it comes time to go to bed, we'll have that princess sleep up on top of those mattresses. And if she don't notice that she's sleeping on a pickup truck, we'll know that she's a real mountain princess. And the prince said, okay, mama, okay, uh, all right, we're brainstorming, so no bad ideas. He said, <laughs> he said, but just a couple of issues. One, he said, how is she not gonna notice the pickup truck. He said, you know, I bought that pickup truck so princesses would notice me. And the mama said, how's that working out for you? But then she thought about it for a minute and she said, dust ruffle. And then the prince said, we ain't got 12 mattresses. We got three mattress, an air mattress, and one of those blow up wrap things. And the mama said, use what you got. So the prince stacked all that up on the back of the pickup truck. The mama put the dust ruffle on. And that night, when it came time for bed, the prince said, oh, well, it's time for bed, princess. Let me show you where you're sleeping. It's um, out the front door, across the driveway, up this ladder, on top of this pile of mattresses. Nothing weird about that. And so... Princess climbed up and she went to sleep and when she was good and asleep the mama gave the keys to the truck to her son And she said now I want you to get in the truck and I want you to drive around I want you to go uphill. I want you to go downhill. I want you to go on windy roads I want you to go on bumpy roads if she don't notice that she's sleeping on a pickup truck if she don't wake up We'll know that she's a real mountain princess and the prince said okay mama brainstorming no bad idea he said but if I hit a bump she's gonna go flying off and and he said, you know, she's going to be roadkill, and I don't want to marry a roadkill princess. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this, but in the great state of West Virginia, it is totally legal to eat roadkill. And so, in Marlinton, West Virginia, every year they have the roadkill cook-off. And as part of that, they have a beauty contest. And some young woman gets named Miss Roadkill West Virginia. But that is only my second favorite beauty contest in the great state of West Virginia. My favorite is the Benedum Festival up in uh, Clarksburg, where they have the Benedum Oil and Gas Festival. And some lucky young woman is named Miss Oil and Gas. But anyway. <laughs> the mama took a rope, and she tied the princess down like a seatbelt. And the prince got in the truck, and he drove, and he went up bumpy roads, or he went 
uphill and he went downhill and he went on bumpy roads and he went on curvy roads. And then this is a story. So there has to be some puns. I'm sorry, but here they come. He put it in four-wheel drive so he could ford a river and then he had to dodge a ram. <laughs> then he drove across the tundra and uh, then he was getting drowsy, so he went home, because drowsy driving is dangerous driving. And the princess was still snoring in a very unprincess-like way. And he went in the house, and he went to sleep. And the next morning, he and his mama were eating breakfast, and the princess came in the door, and she said, Howdy, y'all. Uh, how'd you sleep? And they said, We slept great, which was a lie, because they didn't have any mattresses. But they said, how'd you sleep? And she said, best night of sleep I ever had. Dreamt I was riding on a bucking bronco all night long. And then they knew that she was a real mountain princess. And the prince and the princess got married. And they lived happily ever after. Sometimes in two-wheel drive. Sometimes in four-wheel drive. But they always managed to thrive. Thank you very much. That's a book uh, called The Princess in the Pickup Truck, illustrated in a very beautiful and quirky way by my friend Lottie Looney that will be available soon. I'm going to tell you one more quick story here that's a book that's already available out in the lobby. And if you don't have time to get Blue Yonders, you know, if you get there too late to buy, be one of the people that gets Blue Yonder CD, then just get in line for one of my books because, you, you know, they'll be there too. So anyway, <laughs> far away, long ago, on the other side of the mountain. There lived a king. He was the king of little things. He was the king of keys, coins, crumbs, and condensation. He was the king of needles, noodles, knots, beetles, baby rattles, little ballerinas, toy soldiers, pin cushions, paper clips, pet names, and small kindnesses. Now, all around the king of little things, there were bigger kings. There were kings of cities, kings of counties, kings of countries, and kings of continents. The king of little things gave anything to anyone who asked politely. The big kings made their subjects pay for everything, for freedom, for food, for firewood. The big kings all had aspirations. The kings of cities wanted to be kings of counties. The kings of counties wanted to be kings of countries. The kings of countries wanted to be kings of continents. And the kings of continents wanted to rule the world. The king of little things just wanted to remember his wife's birthday. Well, one day, one of the big kings, King Normus, he decided it was time to take over the world. So he got together his generals, he got together his advisors, he amassed his armies, and he set out and he conquered the kings of the counties and he crushed the kings of the cities and he quashed the kings of the countries and he illiterated the kings of the continents. And when he thought that he had taken over the entire world, he had his tailors make him a fine suit with big brass buttons, he had his jewelers make him a huge crown. He threw a huge banquet, and he stood in front of everyone, and he said, I am now the biggest king that ever was. I am the king of the sky. I am the king of the mountains. I am the king of the trees. I am the king of the rivers. I am the king of the oceans. I am the king of the whales. I am the king of the pachyderms. And he would have tweeted like that forever, But a servant in the back of the room raised a tremulous hand and said, excuse me, my enormous sire, 
You are indeed the king of the sky and the king of the pachyderms. But I am afraid that there is one king whom you have overlooked in your quest to conquer the world. And King Norma said, who, which, what king have I overlooked in my quest to conquer the world? And the servant said, sir, you have overlooked his minuscule majesty, the king of little things. Well, this sent King Normus into a rage. He said, king of little things, king of little things. Little things don't have kings. Everybody knows that little things exist simply to serve the bigger things. But still in all, he amassed his armies, and he set out to conquer the king of little things. Now, when the big king's armies arrived at the king of little things' cabin, the king of little things was in the kitchen doing the dishes because he knew that it was the little things that matter the most. And... <laughs> As my friend David Holt likes to say, no man has ever been willingly shot in the back while doing the dishes. <laughs> so the king of little things saw the big king's armies arrived, and he went out on his front porch, and he respectfully asked some of his subjects if during the night they would invade the big king's camp. And in the morning, the big king's armies couldn't attack. Chiggers and ticks and mosquitoes had gotten underneath their armor. Athletes' foot fungus had worked its way down their boots and between their toes. There were worms in the meat. There were weevils in the wheat. There were flies in the fruit. Termites had eaten away the arrow shafts and the spear shafts. They'd eaten away the cannon wheels and the catapult. And King Normus requisitioned new equipment. Arrows with steel shafts, spears with steel shafts, steel wheels on the cannon, a steel catapult. And the king of little things asked his friend Rust to ride his friend Dew into the big king's camp. And once again, when the big king's soldiers awoke, they couldn't attack. Rust had eaten through their armor. It had eaten away the arrow shafts. The cannon wheels wouldn't roll. The catapult was now about as dangerous as a cantaloupe. And King Normus was in his enormous tent marching back and forth. What are we going to do? How can I defeat this king? I can't defeat this king. He controls the little things to create chaos. And then he had an idea. He said, I know what I'll do. He said, I'll cheat. He said, I'll lie. Because the king of little things is not the king of lies. Because a lie, no matter how small, is never a little thing. Now, most people don't know that I know that, but I do. So King Norman said, send a soldier with a flag of truce. Tell him to get the king of little things to come to my tent where we'll discuss the situation of the siege. So they sent a soldier, and the king of little things came with him. King of little things knew what was happening, but he knew that his subjects would come to his rescue if need be. And as soon as the king of little things walked into King Normus's tent, all of the little things in the tent recognized their king. The coins rolled out of King Normus's coffers. The jewels jumped out of King Normus's crown. The fillings fell out of King Normus's teeth. The buttons jumped off of his coat. His suspenders surrendered. His belt broke, and his pants fell down. That kills in elementary schools. So there stood King Normus, trying to hold up both his pants and his pride in front of the king of little things. And he was so upset, he said, take him to the dungeon, throw him in the dungeon. But when they got to the dungeon, all of the little things recognized their king. The keys in the jailer's hand refused to unlock the locks. The nails jumped out of the doors and bowed down before the king of little things. King Normus said, throw him in a cave, put him in a cave, put a rock 
put a big rock in front of the cave. No food, no water till he surrenders his kingdom. Well, the king of little things went to the cave, and life wasn't entirely unpleasant in the cave. The ants brought him crumbs, and the bees brought him honey, the birds brought him seeds, and little drops of water made their way down through the mountain and dripped into his mouth. But after a while, he missed his queen, he missed his cabin, he got a little bit bored. And so he sent word with the ants and the birds and the bees, asking them to ask the little things everywhere to do him a favor. And the ants carried the words like crumbs, and the bees painted the words on the flowers, and the birds dropped the words from the sky like rain. And all over the world, little things began to happen. Strings unstrung, springs sprung, hangers unhung, chairs folded, tables toppled, easels eased away, quilts quivered, quills quit, fires froze, Pickles undilled, boats listed, <laughs> words twisted, bread broke, cookies crumbled, ticks and talks left their clocks, everything. <laughs> Everywhere quit working. And everybody knew that it was King Normus's fault. And they demanded that the king of little things be set free. Well, King Normus could see that he was beat. So he surrendered his crown, and he loaded some of his enormous possessions into his enormous wagon, including his enormous wife. She was very tall, and they left. And the people presented the crown to the king of little things. And he asked very little of his new subjects, except that they oil hinges regularly, leave crumbs for the ants, plant flowers for the birds and the bees, tip generously, and say please and thank you. And everyone lived adequately ever after. Our special guest host, Bill Lepp, right there. He's been lying since 1990, and no one here is going to try to stop him. His latest CD is called Raised on Hosewater, which you can find on his website, lepstorytelling.com. And we heard a couple stories there, both from his books, The King of Little Things, and he's got a new book on the way out called The Princess and the Pickup. This is Mountain Sage, live performance radio from the Mountain State of West Virginia. Support for this episode of Mountain Sage is provided by Charles Ryan Associates. We are smart brand communications, crafting solutions to drive results for more than four decades, proudly supporting the arts and public broadcasting through the Mountain State. Here's our guest host, Bill Lepp. We'd like to say a special hello to you if you're listening right now over WETS in Johnson City, Tennessee, our friends down at East Tennessee State University. And I have to say that when I'm in Jonesboro, Tennessee, that is the public radio station that I listen to, and magically I will be ubiquitously on the radio in Jonesboro, Tennessee on the very same weekend that I'll be performing on stage at the National Storytelling Festival, so you can hear this show and me at the same time, and it'll blow your mind. And <laughs> Anyone listening also nearby over WVPW in Buchanan, West Virginia. We hope you can join us next time when Larry Gross returns for a show from the People's Bank Theater in Marietta, Ohio with Natalie Press, Jill Sobule, Red Wanting Blue, Gurf Morlicks, and Todd Burge. 
You're listening to The Mountain Stage, live performance radio from the Mountain State of West Virginia. Mountain Stage is supported in part by this station and by West Virginia Public Broadcasting. Hotel accommodations for Mountain Stage guests are provided by the Charleston Marriott Town Center Hotel, centrally located for the business and pleasure traveler in downtown Charleston, West Virginia's retail district. This is Mountain Stage on NPR. Thank you so much, and welcome to the second hour of Mountain Stage. I'm your guest host, Bill Lapp, filling in for Larry Gross, and I'm glad that you joined us, and I think you'll be glad that you're here. Later this hour, we'll hear from one of our show's longtime friends, Kathy Matea, who has some new songs for us. But right now, we're going to begin this hour with Brooke and Darren Aldridge. They're a husband and wife duo who have drawn on the traditions of their native North Carolina, the savvy of a young and gifted band, and their own dedication to ingenuity to create the most adventurous album of their career with their latest release, Faster and Farther. Billboard magazine says husband and wife duo Darren and Brooke Aldridge have carved out one of the fastest rising careers on the acoustic music scene. Their new project, Faster and Farther, their eighth album, is rooted in the stellar musicianship of Darren and Brooke's bluegrass and gospel background. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Darren and Brooke Aldridge. Go and listen to the little dark haired boy who played the Tennessee flat top box and he would play. Oh, that's Give him his guitar 
dreamed about him and hung around the cabaret until the doors were locked and one day on the hit parade was a little dark haired boy who played the Tennessee flat top box and he would so much. Well, we are so thrilled to be here at Mountain Stage, and uh, this is our first time here. So what an awesome show. We've enjoyed so much of it so far. We've gotten to stand backstage and watch, so it's just amazing. But we're going to do a brand new song that we have out, and uh, one that we did with a good friend of ours that we've gotten to tour with the last little bit, Mr. Jimmy Fortune. And uh, since he's not here tonight, Miss Carly's going to do his part. So please check us out, and also at DarrenandBrookAldridge.com. But we hope you enjoy this one. It's called Every Time You Leave.
North Carolina, and we live down next to Shelby in a little town called Cherryville, 
And that's Earl Scruggs country down there. Don Gibson's all from Shelby. And we're proud to be from down there as well. And uh, from Union Mills, North Carolina, this pretty young fiddle player we've got with us tonight. And she's been with us all going on four years. And we're mighty proud of her. She won the IBMA Momentum Award last year for Instrumentalist of the Year. That's Miss Carly Airwood. And over here playing the banjo and the dobro, he plays just about everything in the book. And uh, he's been in a lot of great bands down through the years. I believe he was on this stage with Cadillac Sky many years ago, one of my favorite bands. And uh, he's just a great person all the way around and one of the best musicians I've shared the stage with. That's Matt Menifee, everybody. And back here on the back, playing the doghouse bass from Wilkesboro, North Carolina, we traveled in a great group called Charlie Waller and the Country Gentlemen. For all you bluegrass fans out there. And he's been with us a long time, and that's Billy G back here on the bass. We're gonna bring Miss Brooke around here to do you one that was a number one for us a couple years back. It's a great Ian Tyson song, and I know Ian's been on the stage here as well. And uh, she does a wonderful job on everything. We're coming up on 11 years of marriage, and that's been a wonderful blessing. It's been a good 11 years. And uh, currently, Miss Brooke here is the IBMA Female Vocalist of the Year. Y'all put your hands together for Miss Brooke Aldridge. Let's 
got a new record coming out this fall sometime and we've been putting out a few singles and this single come out in early January so y'all can go online and check that out it's been hitting on radio pretty pretty regular mm-hmm. and uh, we hope y'all enjoy this tune called no end in sight And I can't forget it started with you kissing me that
Thank you so much. I want to take a minute to introduce this man standing here beside of me and somebody that I'm so proud to get to travel up and down the road with. Um, he is my rock for sure and definitely my mentor. At IBMA last year, he won Mentor of the Year and I couldn't be more proud of him for that and just all that he's done through his life and career uh, playing with so many great musicians down through the years. But I love him to pieces and if you would make him welcome, this is my husband, Darren Aldridge. Oh, thank you much, darling. So good to be here for our first time. And, uh, what a great lineup it's been here. The staff, and the sound, y'all give them a big round of applause. And we're looking forward to hearing Miss Kathy Matea. We've listened to her so many years and I uh, looked up to her and glad to share the stage with her tonight. We're going to do you an old gospel tune here now. It goes back a long way for Brooke and I and our family. And uh, it's like a second cousin of mine that lost her life many years ago. And before Brooke and I knew each other, she was actually a teacher of yours, wasn't she, babe? She was, and uh, grew up in my hometown. Uh, her dad was a pastor there um, when I was in eighth grade. She was a coach of mine as well as a teacher, and uh, just somebody that you always wanted to be around, just so happy and full of life, and uh, never had a bad thing to say. You know, anytime you'd see her, she just had a smile on her face, and uh, you know, I thought as a kid, um, I wanted to be somebody like that. I wanted to bring a smile to somebody's face and not tear them down, and I think definitely in this day and time, we need more people like that, so um, yeah. <laughs> But we hope you enjoy this song and get a great message from it. She used to do this with her dad uh, and her mom and brothers when she was just a young girl. And I remember hearing her sing it. And so this song brings a little piece of her back to me. She was uh, tragically killed in a car accident uh, when I was in eighth grade. Um, but I know a piece of her has always been with me since then. And I know I'll get to see her again someday. But this song's called Sacred Lamb. Sacred Lamb, you knew my name, you knew my heart, and you knew my frame, you knew what I could never know, you went where
That is Darren and Brooke Aldridge. This year, the band is nominated for the best gospel performance, and she is, of course, the number one vocalist. It's, it's time to welcome our piano player, Bob Thompson, to the stage. Bob has chosen a... Bob has chosen an original song for us today, one that he has written that is called I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel to Be Free. Please welcome Bob Thompson.
Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Thompson. And I have to admit that this is my first time uh, hosting a major music radio program, and I made a mistake. Bob Thompson, as much as you might like to think you did, you didn't write that song. That's my fault. Uh, that song was written by jazz pianist Billy Taylor in 1963. I was quickly informed when I got off stage, but it was beautifully, beautifully done. This is Bill Lepp, and you're listening to Mountain Stage, live performance radio from the Mountain State of West Virginia. Major funding for Mountain Stage is provided by Bailey and Glasser, LLP, a nationwide law firm born in West Virginia with offices in Charleston, Morgantown, Wheeling, St. Louis, D.C., Boston, Alabama, Florida, and Delaware. Details at baileyglasser.com. And by the West Virginia Tourism Office. There are places you visit and places you behold. You'll find natural wonders and endless experiences in the mountain state, West Virginia. A place that's almost heaven. More information at wvtourism.com. Additional support is provided by Hip Historic Charleston, West Virginia. You'll find live music seven nights a week in West Virginia's capital city. It's music from the hip. Your adventure starts online at charlestonwv.com. You're listening to Mountain Stage on NPR. You can hear Mountain Stage guest performances, including songs not heard on the radio broadcast at NPR Music. The online address is npr.org slash mountainstage. Now back to our special guest host, whose latest book is an illustrated children's tale called The Princess and the Pickup Truck. Let's welcome back Mr. Bill Lepp. We're going to end this show in a special way. Kathy Matea was born in South Charleston, West Virginia, and she has gone on to international fame as a multi-genre singer and musician. She left West Virginia early in her life to go to Nashville to pursue her dreams of waitressing <laughs> and being a tour guide at the, music hall, at the Country Music Hall of Fame. But when those jobs just didn't pan out, she had to settle for being a two-time Grammy-winning and multi-hit recording artist. She has more top ten hits than there are slots on a top ten list. 
Her latest album, Pretty Bird, is a self-acknowledged headfirst plunge into finding a new voice in the journey of adapting to the changes life presents us. The fact that Kathy Matea is a country star is impressive. The fact that she is willing to create music that is entertaining, culturally relevant, self-aware, and pays attention to the plight of everyday people facing everyday problems is laudatory. Miss Matea says, when we sing together, it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from or who you voted for. We're all having the same experience and expressing ourselves in the same way, and that's where I want to plant my flag right now. Please welcome back to the mountain stage, Miss Kathy Matea. Man, it's, it's great to be back. So this, we're going to do some new songs for you from a record that comes out uh, in a few weeks in September. And um, I gathered these songs sitting in my living room with Bill. This is Bill Cooley, who's played with me for 28 years, standing next to me on stage. And when it came time to make this record, uh, I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning one night and thought... I need to call Tim O'Brien. That's who I need to make this record with. And I called Tim and said, would you produce this record? And he said, yes. So we've just finished having a blast in the studio. And uh, these are some of the songs that we came out with. This is a blues song about joy. chocolate on my tongue that's a good enough reason to live good enough reason to live sitting in the bathtub high five play alone digging that out green well you must know what I mean that's a good enough reason to live I got some chocolate on my tongue. If I die young, at least I got some chocolate on my tongue. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I die 
least I got some At least I got some chocolate on my tongue, yeah. And if I die young, at least I got some chocolate on my tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. So I always introduce that song and just say, you know, how the thing I really love about that song is that sometimes it, rem it reminds me when I sing it that a lot of times the most pleasure I can get is from the simplest things in life. And uh, it's just a good thing to remind myself of. And a friend of mine came to me one night. She said, I love that song you've been doing. Um, I just feel obligated to tell you that um, I'm not exactly sure that that song at the end of the day is about chocolate. Evidently, there's a double entendre going on somewhere, and I didn't pick up on it, but I, I love that song. Oliver Wood wrote that song. So this is an old English folk song, and usually when we're out on the road, uh, we come out and we set up with the whole band. We'll be out this fall with a band, and, and, uh, and we make sure we can hear each other and stuff and play a few songs, and then dinner's ready, and everybody splits. And Bill usually hangs back, and he's noodling around on something, and he, as you'll see, He's an amazing artist uh, in his own right on the guitar and writes these beautiful instrumental pieces. And one day he was playing something, and I, I said, oh, that's just beautiful. Is that something new? Did you write that? And he said, oh, no, 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 this is an old song. I said, well, that's just gorgeous, and I'll listen for a while. Next day, same thing. Everybody left. He was playing again. I was like, Are you, wow, what is that? And he said, oh, it's an old, it's called He Moves Through the Fair. It's been done by lots of people. And I was like, well, that's just great. The next day, same thing, except there was a lyric sheet at the bottom of my uh, microphone stand. This is how he does me. And uh, so I, I love this song because uh, you get to really hear Bill stretch out and you get to hear a bit of the conversation between the two of us. My young love said to me, my mother won't mind. And my father won't slight thee. For your lack of kind He went away from me And this he did say It will not be long, love Till our wedding day Thank you. 
We worked that song up at Soundcheck every night over the course of about six months, and uh, it was really fun to finally, by the time we recorded it, we could do it in our sleep, practically. Um, so here's the deal. Bill comes over every Thursday, and we, we just play through songs. We play through old songs, sometimes songs that we know really well, sometimes new songs, sometimes, frankly, ladies and gentlemen, songs you will never hear. And... We just sort of keep up our conversation that's been going on for so long now. So this song kind of came up, and I just pulled it up and started singing it. The next thing I know, I was just down the rabbit hole, and I hadn't thought about it in a long time. And um, the next thing I know, I couldn't wait to sing it out in public. We did it that weekend. We've been doing it ever since, and we recorded it on this, this new album. Mike Lipton is going to sit in and play with us on this. And his guitar part is just... All right. His guitar part is so great. And you'll know this song. It was the third of June, another sleepy, dusty Delta day. I was out shopping my brother was bailing hay And at dinner time we stopped And we walked back to the house to eat And mama hollered out the back door Y'all remember to wipe your feet Then she said I got some news this morning From Choctaw Ridge Dingy Billy Joe McAllister jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge. Pop 
Papa said to Mama as he passed around the black-eyed peas. Billy Joe never had a lick of sense. Pass the biscuits, please. There's five more acres on the lower 40. I got to fly. And Mama said it was a shame about Billy Joe. Seems like nothing ever comes to no good up on Choctaw Ridge. And now Billy Joe McAllister's jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge. Brother said he recollected when he and Tom and Billy Joe put a frog on my back at the Cow County Picture Show. church last Sunday night. I have another piece of apple pie. No, it just don't seem right. I saw him at the sawmill yesterday on Choctaw And now you tell me Billy Joe's jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge. Said to me, child, what's happened to your appetite? Well, I've been cooking all morning and you haven't touched a single bite. That nice young preacher with a tailor dropped by today said he'd be pleased to have dinner on Sunday. He said he saw a girl look a lot like you up on Choctaw Ridge. And she and Billy Joe was throwing something off the Tallahatchie Bridge. Well, the years come and gone since we heard the news about Billy Joe. Brother married Becky Thompson, they bought a store in Tupelo. There was a virus going around, Papa caught it and he died last spring. And now Mama doesn't seem to want to do much of anything. Me, I spent a lot of time picking flowers up on Choctaw Ridge And drop them into the muddy water off the Tallahatchie Bridge 
I drop them into the muddy water of the Tallahatchie Bridge. Michael Lipton. Nobody does the retro spooky guitar like you do, Michael. <laughs> that was awesome. Mm. So, so when we started to work on what turned out to be this album, it wasn't really, uh, it, I, didn't think it would, I didn't think it would have anything to do with making an album. Um, and, and what happened was when I, when I sort of got my way through menopause, um, yeah, I know, it's hard to believe, isn't it, with all this gray hair, that uh, um, I, I've noticed that my voice started changing and I didn't know what to do about it. And uh, I had this 10-minute conversation many, many years ago with Tony Bennett. I wound up in a room with Tony Bennett and we were alone for five minutes. And it was the most amazing thing. And I said, look, I need to ask you a question. I heard you sing tonight. And I know how old you are. How did you do that? And um, I saw him last year. He was 90. He blew my freaking mind. But he just smiled, and he was very gracious. And he said, well, my voice isn't what it once was, but it's a lot better than it was a couple of years ago. He said, I found a teacher, and I started working again. So I did the very same thing. I thought, if Tony Bennett can do it in his 70s, I can do it in my 50s. And I went and found a teacher, and I dug in. And these are the songs that sort of brought me back to singing. I would go practice with my teacher all week. And then Bill and I would sit on Thursday and we would sing through these crazy songs that I would bring in. And I walked in one day and I said, Bill, I, I've been listening to this song over and over and over again. And it's been giving me so much comfort. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to sing this song, but I think I'd like to try. And so uh, we kind of worked it up, and we started messing around with it. And one day he looked at me, and he said, yeah, I think you're right, Kathy. You don't really have any business singing this song in front of people. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, th I think you're right. So we put it on the shelf for a while. And then one day, a couple months later, I said, let's pull that song back out again. And, and I, I sang through it, and he said, I don't know what happened, but you got it. I was like, really? He said, yeah. And we sang for a couple more. I just said, all right, pull it out again. He was like, mm-hmm, still there. So uh, we've been doing it ever since, and this is, this is just um, a beautiful, this is like, this was written by a, a dear friend of mine in Nashville who's a songwriter's songwriter, and this is sort of her masterpiece. Some mercy now. 
To his fear and his doubt, and the pain that he lives in, it's almost more than living will allow. I love my brother, he could use some mercy. My church in my country could use a little mercy now. As they sink into a poison pit, it's gonna take forever to climb out. They carry the weight of the faithful. Follow them down. Oh. I love my church and country. They get used some mercy now. What every living thing could use.
Thank you, thank you. Mary Gaucher wrote that song, and uh, I think songs save lives, and I think that's one of them that's really gotten a lot of people through some hard times. I know one person who went through a terrible depression and swears that that song saved his life, and uh, I, you know, that's good enough for me. I, I do think music's really, really important, especially during hard times. So I haven't done this song very much live, and so I have this mic, this little stand here with all my words because um, I don't want to think about that. And uh, I, like I said, I, I, haven't, I haven't really done this in front of people, so if it's really bad, maybe they'll cut it out of the radio show. But I have to get used to it because I've only done it at home with Bill and the dog so far. And the dog died halfway through the making of this record. <laughs> So I need to test it out, frankly, and find out uh, if it was the song or uh, if it was just the dog. <laughs> but no, somehow uh, being up here at Augusta just made me think that I, I need to sing this song. This is an old Hazel Dickens song. It's the title song from my record. And I want to say that I tried to sing this song for years. I wanted to record this song years ago. I could never get it. I struggled and I fought and I tried and I put it on the shelf and I took it back down. And in the middle of this whole process, one night I'm taking a shower, nighttime shower, soaping up, and I just start singing it. And I'm like, oh, oh, what's this? I think I've got it. What happened? I don't know. I'm naked. I'm soapy. I'm wet. So I keep singing and I rinse off and I dry myself and I run into the bedroom. I'm upstairs and my phone is buttoned up for the night. My husband is on the road and I, I, I pick up the landline and I dial my voicemail and I sing into my voicemail so that I won't forget it. And uh, I don't know what happened, but um, on good days I can still sing this song and I, 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 want, I feel like uh, it's a bit of an homage to the wonderful singers and uh, musicians who've been here holding this music all summer, and uh, especially Jenny Hawker, who is like an inspiration to me. So, all right. Fly away, you little pretty bird. Fly, fly away. Fly away, little pretty bird, and pretty you'll always stay. I see in your eyes a promise, your own tender love you'd bring, but fly away. Little pretty bird Cold run at the spring Love's own tender flames warm this meeting And love's tender songs 
But fly away, little pretty bird, and pretty you'll always stay. I cannot make you no promises, for love is such a delicate thing. Fly away, little pretty bird, for he'd only clip your wings. Fly, fly away, you little pretty bird. Fly, fly away. Fly away, little pretty bird. And pretty, you'll always stay. Fly far beyond the dark mountain To where you'd be free evermore Fly away, little pretty bird Where the cold winter winds don't blow Kathy Matea, and the title track from her new album, Pretty Bird. This is Kathy's 17th appearance since 1986, and we thank her so much for being such a good friend to Mountain Stage. And our thanks to you folks here at the Miles Center for the Arts on the campus of Davis and Elkins College in Elkins, West Virginia. Thanks to Larry Gross for inviting me to host the show. I hope that I haven't messed it up too much. I'd like to come back and do it again. Special thanks to you there listening on the radio. Because without you, there'd be no mountain stage at all. Thanks to you people in the audience. Thanks to everyone who supports the show. We never, ever forget how much you guys support us. And just thank you so much for continuing to give. We hope you'll be with us next time when Larry Gross returns for a show at the People's Bank Theater in Marietta, Ohio with Natalie Prass, Jill Sobule, Red Wanting Blue, Gerf Morlicks, and Todd Burge. Thanks again so much for coming out to the show. Thanks for listening on the radio. Mountain Stage is produced by Larry Gross and Adam Harris. Associate producers are Jeff Shirley and Vasilea Scores. Assistant producers at Alexis Palmer. Production manager is Paul Flaherty. We're engineered by Francis Fisher, Richie Collins, Jim Raines, and Patrick Stevens. Production assistants by Michael Lipton, Mary Lee, Lance Schrader, Chris Mead, Big J, and Woogie. Photographic services provided by Brian Blauser. Promotions are coordinated by Adam Harris, Vasileus Scorus, and Music in Motion Promotions. Special thanks to the Mountain Stage members, Walter and Sean Williams, for their generous support. Lodging is provided by the Marriott Town Center Hotel, centrally located for the business and pleasure traveler in downtown Charleston, West Virginia. Why don't you go out and hear some live music wherever you are just as soon as you can? 
I'm Bill Lepp, and you've been listening to the Mountain Stage Live Performance Radio from the Mountain State of West Virginia. We're going to end this with a song from the Carter family, and we're going to start it off with Kathy. All right. God gave Noah the rainbow sign, don't you see? God gave Noah the rainbow sign, don't you see? God gave Noah the rainbow sign, won't be the water but the fire next time. I think old rock page is cleft for me. I got a home in that rock, don't you see? I got a home in that rock, don't you see? I got a home in that rock just behind the mountaintop. I'd be old rock of ages before me. God gave no rainbow sign, don't you see? God gave no rainbow sign, don't you see? God gave no rainbow sign, won't be the water of the fire next time. I'd be old rock of ages before me.
Darren Allridge on mandolin. Support for Mountain Stage is provided by Bailey and Glasser and by the West Virginia Tourism Office. This is NPR.